0: Hello, my friends, Kenny Stevens here, and welcome to Rookie Real Estate, where your road to success begins right here and right now. Whether you're looking to transition from your day job to your dream job, or you're on the road to your first 50 transactions, success is in the details, my friends, and we're going to unpack the fundamental principles required for you to thrive. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back my friends. We are diving back into our buyer series. This is part 2 with Michael Brown talking about mortgages and the lending process and how you are to tie yourself in with a strategic partner that is not only going to make you look good but also be a benefit to them so that together you can win. Now last week I covered a lot of like what they're looking for and what we need to look for and some of the processes of getting buyers in Into the office getting them pre-qualified before you go out and dive into the car showing houses not knowing whether or not they can do it now we're going to go deeper we've got another 30 to 45 minutes of content here that will really bring this home this information will make you look like an expert which is what you need when you're diving into this business you need to be able to answer these questions at a 500 foot level even a 100 foot level sometimes that's what we're going to finish up today with the mortgages and really driving home the point of how to capture the right buyer and getting them started off on the right foot so are you ready let's jump into this big time Michael, so when I shoot you a text with a new buyer's contact information, and I always try to, instead of giving them your number to call, I usually give you their numbers so that I know that it's going to happen. I learned that early on, and I'm so much more confident when I do it that way because they're, they're expecting your call. I text you. I give you as much information about them as I have already learned, and probably I've just screened them by phone as well. But I'm trying. They're coming to my office. I've got an appointment set. So if I can get them to you, so you are lightning fast in responding. Not only to me, but whenever you call them, and they're like, "Man, I've already gotten on the phone with Michael, and he said blank, 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 blank," and they're they're calling me back excited, like I can't wait till we meet on Wednesday. So that's great. Now walk me through what you're looking for when that first conversation you have uh, on the phone you know, really more of a drive by kind of conversation. What are you doing? What are you saying to these people?
1: Well, from my experience, I dive pretty deep um, with the clients from the very beginning. I take a full application, review their credit, ask lots and lots of questions, uh, really try to figure out what their goals are and desires. And then from there, I piece it together. uh, And from my experience, I can tell pretty quick if they're gonna qualify or not, if they're self-employed or someone with a little bit awkward income situation, I'm not going to issue a pre-approval unless I audit those tax returns and I'm 100% sure that that client is going to qualify. We don't throw out half fast, maybe pre-approvals. So most of the time it's it's pretty easy to fire off a pre-approval after a a good conversation if they're a W-2 earner. Uh, Again, if they're self-employed, I will tell them, you know. It looks good so far, but unfortunately, I'm not in a position where I can send a pre-approval. I have to have those tax returns. I'm not going to give one of my partners a pre-approval and cross my fingers and hope it goes through. And that's just not how it works on my team.
0: Again, hence, we've never not closed the deal. You said you could close. So how how long does that conversation take, usually? I tell them, hey, talk to Michael for 10 or 15 minutes. It sounds like that's really a, could be a 30, 45-minute conversation, but that's probably why they're so excited when they hang up with you and call me back.
1: I would say I usually on average it's probably about 20 maybe 30 minutes at the most um, usually about 20 to 30 minutes we can have a really good conversation get to know each other uh, build that rapport and gives me enough time to ask a lot of questions and make sure that I am producing a, a solid pre-approval for you.
0: Well, what's also funny, it consistently happens, they'll call me back and they'll say, hey, man, Michael really likes you. He says we did a great job. Your affirmations of working with, you know, myself and other destelms uh, Uh, agents, that you're always reaffirming to the client that, man, you picked a great realtor. Guys, that's critical. Not only am I talking great about him and I'm establishing street cred for him, he's then turning around and reaffirming that with us. It's probably one of the greatest things, strengths-wise, that you guys do and you teach your agents or your loan officers to do uh, back for us, and that speaks wonders.
1: We do. We always try to promote uh, our realtor partners, and it's it's not fake i only work with those that i truly love working with so when kenny sends me a referral i always say i'm glad you're working with kenny those guys are rock stars over there he'll take good care of you um and and i do try to promote them as much as possible and it's not fake it's completely honest because my partners we i I feel like that with the ones i do work with if i'm not comfortable with a partner i won't work with them right there are some people that just oil and water which don't get along or they're toxic and i don't need that in my business so you can't maintain the business like i'm running and having toxic you know toxic people in there or bad relationships so yeah i try to promote my partners uh on every conversation i have with the client
0: all right so you've had the phone conversation you're you're you've gathered their information, what's the ideal process for you at that point and how do you go about the verification process of what they've shared with you verbally by phone?
1: Well, mine's very uh, very robotic every time. I take the application and I ask a, a lot of questions, I pull their credits, and then I will immediately uh, prepare an email, send a copy of the pre-approval letter to the client, always copy the realtor, that way you can see all my communication with the borrower, They'll have a copy of the pre-approval. They'll see exactly what I'm re- documentation I'm requesting from the borrower, any other details uh, about the loan program or additional information I may need from the borrower. The agent will know everything every time because they copy them on all communication to the borrower. And that goes out immediately after my conversation, unless you're self-employed, after we to read the tax returns first. In the body of the email will be a list of all the documentation I need. Um, and then we follow up Continuously, and after we send that out, to make sure they produce those documents to us quickly, so that we can have those audited and reviewed, so there's no surprises once the file goes into processing.
0: Right. So I've only known your process because really you, you taught me this, uh, and I've I've really only mainly worked with you. There's a few times that there's been other loan officers involved that I didn't get to pick, but you know, after my clients have spoken to you, I always remind them, are you getting Michael? the things that he's asking for. Have you gotten, Michael, your tax returns? So I know that he needs that, and sometimes buyers get frustrated because they're like, Look, you're diving in so deep, and you want – every time I get a new pay stub, you want me to upload it. The cool thing is about Churchill and y'all's app is it's you can upload it securely with a phone, and it's that – it's an app. It's that easy now. You guys are very, so very up-to-date. Very easy, very yes. simple, very
1: secure, and that's the, one of the main reasons I do copy you is because I need you to know from day one what mm-hmm. I'm requesting, and then I need you to back me up yep. because – if you go under contract and it goes to one day, two days, a week later and they still haven't produced those documents, now I'm at risk of my closing date. Right. You knew from day one exactly when I requested those documents. So if you can call behind and say, hey, Michael pre-approved you, it's critical to get that list of documents in as soon as possible that's going to – they usually will move quicker for you versus me. Right. And if we get those documents in quicker, then there's no delay on the closing, and the whole process is so much smoother. Uh, that's a huge help for me on my
0: end. Well, what's fun is you've trained me to do that. I just assume everybody does it. Yeah. But driving that home – and I've bought houses. So you've you've done all my loans uh, – since Tara and I have been married and I know what we're trying to get together for you so I already know how important it is so that makes a big big deal and really you can make this fun guys you can say look has Michael asked you for your shoe size and asked you for the kitchen sink yet and blood probably samples. blood samples and probably before this is over he's gonna want you to name your firstborn after him that's how much it is but it's not Michael and I tell him I'm like Michael's not asking for this He, he's just don't shoot the messenger he has has to have this for this to go through. All of this is regulated. Guys, if you blame it, because really it is, on over-regulation and it's got to be happening, they don't get mad at Michael and they don't get mad at us. They just know, well, that's what we got to do if we want to buy this house. And it's realistic. If somebody's going to loan you $400,000, they want to verify that you can actually pay for it over the next 20 and 30 years.
1: This is a a sticky point with me because... We don't want to ask for all this documentation. We're required to ask for a lot of information. And I do tell people on the front end, day one, listen, they're gonna ask for everything but blood samples. But don't freak out. It's not you. It's the nature of the business. So many times, a realtor a client will go back to the realtor and saying, "Michael's asked me for this," or "Michael asked me for this," and the agent calls and says, "What are you asking for this for? We need this for." <laughs> that, that's that is completely toxic what's that going to accomplish i'm going to need it no matter what and it shows the realtor's ignorance well it does and as an agent you should say listen it's not you Michael. let's make the rules that's just the guidelines get him what he needs get it to him quickly and you'll be fine if if you can calm him down quickly but if you add fuel to that fire right it creates a, a whole bad experience right when it's completely unnecessary and We're a team. We're not adversaries here. So let's work together and back your loan officer when they ask for things because it's not going to change the fact whether they need it or not. They're going to need it. Yes. So back me
0: up. And we're regulating not only our own emotions, but we're regulating the buyer's emotion. This is the third most stressful life event. Death, marriage, and uh, buying a house and selling a house. In that order, and then divorces after that, and sometimes it's a result of uh, <laughs> buying a house. We're trying to avoid that process, but if you could just go, guys, speed of action, get it to them quick, and this will be fun and easy, and we can enjoy this. I mean, just dive in. They get you're gonna have to do it either way. Let's make it enjoyable. So this this next question is gonna be a little bit more difficult because really this is the meat and potatoes of what you do. But I need you to be, you know, really not a 500 foot view, but maybe a 100 foot view. What are the different types of loans? Give me a little bit of a breakdown of the predominant ones that you do the most. There's probably you a hundred more uh, options and and variations to them. But what we deal with actually the most, I want our agents to have this information in their brain, not to speak authority of, but just in general of, and refer them back to you.
1: Well, I'm gonna slow down a little bit and just go through, kind of like you said, I like get a, a higher view of the products that we offer. Conventional loans, um, that's always my first choice unless you're a veteran. But conventional loans, you can now get in with as little as 3% down most of the time, uh, 5% down for some borrowers. Um, FHA mortgages will get you in with 3.5% down. And they have um, much more liberal guidelines for debt-to-income ratios and credit scores. If you have ever served in the military, Nine out of 10 times, we're going to do a VA loan, up to 100% financing with no PMI, probably the best rates in the market. Uh, if you're looking in a area somewhat outside of the city limits in a rural area, we have a 100% financing program through USDA Rural Development. We do a lot of jumbo loans. Uh, the jumbo loan limits had recently changed after January one of this year. But if you do a jumbo loan, our jumbo rates are now better than our conventional rates, which is typically the opposite. What um, is a jumbo loan? So the jumbo limits changed as of January 1 of this year. And the new conventional loan limit in most areas is 484500 four five hundred.
0: So anybody who buys something larger than 484500 four five hundred has to go jumbo.
1: There's yeah there's a there's a little program in between called high balance conforming that goes up to I think five thirty four nine hundred, anything above that's considered a jumbo and it gets and it changes in in different areas of the country as well so it could be different in Nashville versus um, a higher priced state like California, so jumbo loans are usually more restrictive for higher loan balances typically you have to put at least ten percent down we do have a five percent down option. Um, but the rates on the jumbo loans are comparable to conventional lending. Um, We do home loans on manufactured homes, Uh, you can do primary residence, a secondary home, or a non-owner occupied investment property. We do all those. We are one of the few lenders that do a ton of no-score loans. So if you have a client that has no scores due to lack of credit or credit history, we can do no-score loans for those clients through VA, FHA, USDA, or conventional, which is um, very few lenders will do that.
0: So we, we he just rolled through, you know, eight or 10 different loans. So FHA, VA, conventional, rural development, jumbo loans, uh, land loans, new construction, manufactured home loans, investment properties, second homes. These are all things that really, guys... It's not our job to know the logistics. I even have a couple notes on like FHA. I put 3% in my little notes here. It's actually three and a half. You know, I, I put conventional five to 20. And he just mentioned it's three, you know, 3% down, up to 3% down. So even I, this far in, I know just enough to go call Michael And people will think, I only have to put 20, I gotta put 20% down to buy a house. Well, that's a myth. And I'm like, no, you can sometimes get 100% financing. Sometimes you can, you know, get 3% down or 3.5% down. Call Michael. You can potentially buy a house now. So that's about how much as agents we need to know. Don't promise somebody like, you should only do FHA because that's ignorance on our part as agents. Let Michael, in a 15, 20, 30-minute conversation, this guy knows after talking of all these options, through the conversation, knows exactly where they need land. He may give them a couple of options. I've heard him. I've been in meetings with him when he's done it. But really, he goes, this is the one that fits you best. What do you think about that? And he dives into that one. So we don't have to know all of this information. We just have to have a general idea.
1: So And what I would do is I would encourage you and your loan officer sure, partner to do a real basic mortgage 101. You don't need to be an expert. That's my job. But you need to know the basics of these programs so that when you are constructing a contract, you are not um, making an error. For example, if you're doing an investment property, conventional, well, the seller cannot pay more than 2% toward closing costs plus title, at least in Tennessee, and I receive contracts over on investment properties all the time where the seller paid closing costs are well above 2%, so I have to go back and say, listen, you can't do that, conventional doesn't allow it redo your contract so that it complies with the the max seller concessions. So you would know that if you did a mortgage 101 with your loan officer. So that's something that we do all the time. And I would well, incur- it doesn't
0: make us look like idiots either. We're yeah, like, don't, oh, don't need to I wrote expert. that down. I should know
1: this. Yeah. And you don't, but again, you don't need to be an expert. It's my job, but you should know the bare basics anyway to answer some basic questions for your client.
0: Well, you do a regular 101 here in our office, even with the, our agents that have been here, uh, they sit in because it's good to have that you on a regular basis. So guys, don't stop learning about this, but yet don't try to be and do his job, his or her job for them. So tell me a little bit, just real quick about the difference between pre-qualification and actually pre-approval, because those are two different things.
1: Most of the time people will just call, um, call in and we'll do a quick application over the phone and we'll, you know, basically a pre-qualification that's just all verbal no documentation has been verified but a pre-approval in my eyes is someone has gone through the application process, reviewed their credits I've reviewed their income, their assets and you know we've done a real thorough underwrite, at least a little mini underwrite of the file um, and at that point it's a lot stronger than just the conversation so that's the main difference between the two of those pre-approval versus pre-qualification
0: well that's what i do when i make an offer i'm calling the agent now guys people we're in a world that likes to text and email but if you can call the listing agent and have a conversation with them tell them about your buyers tell them how excited they are about this property i do a lot the majority of what i do is listings But whenever an agent calls me with a buyer and they tell me what they loved about it and then I can then call the owner and go, man, this family really loved this or this guy loved this or this girl liked that. This fits them. They really want it. That's critical. But I also tell them, like they've spoken to Michael Brown. He's had a conversation. He's taken it to his underwriter. They've reviewed it. He's got his own underwriter there in Churchill that he can put a a questionable file in front of or maybe if you're self-employed. And hey, will this go through? I tell that agent, that because some people are just throwing numbers at the wind and we don't do that we actually try to be pre-approved even sometimes everything's been done
1: so we have one step further called the certified home buyer program where while you're looking for a property we don't have a property picked out yet we're not under contract but we will underwrite the entire file from a to z with an underwriter while you're looking for a property and everything is verified, all the audits and the tax transcripts and income assets, everything is, is completely underwritten. No approved the loan pending the property. So when you do go under contract, all I need is an appraisal and title and we go to closing. And it cuts the loan process down from typically 30 days on average to it could be 10 days to two weeks. So it's probably the next best thing to a cash offer because... There is no risk at that point. The loan is completely underwritten. It's, it's approved. Going to happen. It's done. As long as yep. that appraisal comes back okay, we're going to closing super quick, and it doesn't get more solid than that.
0: Well, and you can't. I know you can't do that for everybody. But if I have a buyer that's in the 350, 300, 350 range, and they get all of this done, and I can go, look, we'll we'll do a conventional loan. We'll close in two weeks. Two weeks for a loan process, but all of it's already been done. He needs an appraisal, and he needs, so we're going to order the appraisal at the same time we order the home inspection. It's going to be done, and title at the same time. We're going to do those three things, where usually this process is, I'll get them under contract. I'll do 10-day inspection. About eight days in, I call Michael and go, hey, we're going to get past this. Go ahead and order appraisal, and he orders the appraisal, and then it's smooth sailing from that point on, but... I don't wait for Michael to call me and go, hey, are we are we done with inspection? Can I go ahead and order appraisal? There are time limits, we'll cover that more in a second. So let's talk about interest rates. So I've heard my buyers say that they're going with a particular lender because they can get them a lower rate, which just inside, I laugh out loud. I'm like, the rates are what they are. So let's talk about for that second, how do interest rates work? Our agents listening need to know how they work. And whenever somebody says that, what the rebuttal or conversation should be.
1: Well, I could talk about this for an hour straight. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Let's keep so, it uh, to you know, 45 All right,
1: <laughs> so first of all, um, we're in a great spot right now. Interest rates are at 14 month lows, which is totally unexpected. Last year in the third quarter, we were locking rates around five, the five and a quarter range now we're talking about rates in the low fours so that was unexpected it's a huge blessing Um, so we're really excited about that and the rates should stay fairly stable for the rest of 2019. the rate hikes that were on the books have been at least temporarily put on hold so um, more than likely we won't see a rate hike from the feds this year there were four last year so we're excited about where interest rates are today and where they're forecasting them to be throughout uh, 2019. now in regards to rates if you go online you have to be careful there is a tremendous amount of what I call bait and switch out there and they throw out these super low rates but they don't tell you what it costs to get that interest rate. Right. So I had two um, good faith that's been sent to me last week from someone who said they got a lower rate from a different lender and they were online lenders, the same lender, uh, one that you see in commercials all the time. And both of them came back, one was charging the borrower two points and the other one was charging the borrower 2.25 points. We typically don't charge points on our loans unless a customer wants to buy down their rates and we slow down and teach them what does that mean what does it mean to pay a point how much does that cost how long will it take to recoup that cost and then we compare it to a uh, um, rates with no points versus paying points and when i do a true apple to apple comparison and they're like well they give me this rate and then i compare my breakdown of what it costs versus what theirs is costing them Most of the time, I could easily match it if I wanted to uh, charge the same fees, but most of the time when I teach them how to uh, punch work, they'll they'll choose a different option. But people are so fixated on rates, that's all they know, that they don't pay attention to what is it costing. And I'm all about a heart of a teacher. You know, if you got a better deal over here, I'm gonna tell you, take that deal and run. It's a great deal. Um, But most people don't understand what they're getting into. And I really try to slow down and educate them after we go through that process you know, they usually make a different choice.
0: So what is buying down a rate?
1: So real simple, um, if you pay buy on your rate, it typically is called pay, uh, paying points. One point is equal to 1% of your loan amount. And it typically buys your rate down by a quarter of a percent. So for example, if it rates four and a half percent and you pay one, it's a $200,000 loan, it'll cost you one point, what equal $2,000, 1%. Right and it typically drops your rate from four and a half to four and a quarter. It's not a huge difference. And if you do the math, it usually takes about five and a half years to recoup that cost. So if you're gonna be there for the long haul, it might be worth paying that point because over time you're gonna save interest. But if you are not sure if you're gonna be there that long.
0: Well, and you and I know people move every three to five years. Right. So that's the average. So why buy down points on the front end just to get a better rate And lose that on the back end because you're not recruiting it in time. You buy down one or two points and like, oh, man, I sold in three years because I'd gotten a promotion. My wife got a promotion. We had a family. Now we need a four bedroom instead of a three. You lost that money. So explaining that on the front end and us as realtors go, if somebody's promising you something. That does not make sense. It is too good to be true, and usually it is. And get that good faith estimate, sit down in front of Michael. That's why I say shop him, because Michael will tell you if it's not, if it's a better deal, go with the other one. I can't beat that. Good luck to you. Congratulations. You found a deal. But rarely have I ever said that where I said, hey, if you'll shop, and they're like, man, I almost got into such and such. And this is what happened. And Michael taught me this. And you know, we're going with Michael Brown. Thank you for that time. So we've talked about rates. We've talked about the types of loans. And then there's process, or there's periods of loans that just, obviously, this seems like common sense, but somebody, let's assume, doesn't know, never bought a house. They've always rented and they're becoming an agent. You know, So the types of years, so the, the terms of the loans.
1: So typically, most people do a 30 year fixed rate loan. We can do 10, 15, 20, 25, and 30 year fixed rate loans. We have a whole portfolio of ARM products where you can amortize it over 30 years, but lock it for three, five, seven, or 10 years to get a late, uh, lower interest rate. ARM loans have not been popular. Um, I'm still not a big fan of ARM loans. Uh, they're risky down the road, but they are becoming more popular, it seems like, especially in the jumbo markets. Uh, than they have been in, in quite a while. But most folks will do a uh, 15 or a 30 year. And, and regardless of what term they request from me, I always give them a minimum of three options. So if they say, Michael, I want a 30 year or a 20 year, I'll send them a 15, 20, and 30. And then show them the difference is typically the lower the term to shorter the interest rate, and people don't understand that. So I give them multiple options. A lot of times they'll choose an option different than what they thought they wanted uh, because they they weren't sure how the terms work.
0: So when Tara and I got married, she had a house, I sold mine, we we moved in, and we went from a 30 to a 15 because we just went to two incomes. Well, the rate had lowered since she had gotten a 30. So when we went from a 30 to 15, you refinanced it, the payment didn't change. And then you called one day and you're like, man, the rates are lower. We went, we refinanced a year later, which is usually reckless to refinance again in a year. But we went from a fifteen to a ten, and I think that our payment only went up like uh, probably a hundred and fifty dollars. Thirty years to ten years, the rates had dropped enough, and they're lower at the lower year number term numbers that. We went from 30 to 10 in probably a year and a half, two years, and our payment was maybe $100 more than when she was living there by herself with one income. I mean, that blew our mind. Another good reason to stay on top of rates, and when they do drop, if you lose a point, if if it drops a point, that's a really good time to look at your loan or encourage people to look at their loan and refinance. Because it's not just about, for Michael, buying houses. If terms are dropping or rates are dropping and you happen to have a conversation just touching or dripping your client, say, hey, guys, the rates just drop. I don't know what you're at, but it may be a time to go from a 30 to a 15. Why don't you call Michael and see if he wants to refinance and really drop off 15 years? That kind of value, it doesn't. it's not a transaction for me, but it shows that I care about them and I want them to win. And Michael can actually save them money. You knock off 15 years and that's when you're really making uh, uh, equity and building equity.
1: You're right. Last year when the rates jumped a lot, the refinance spigot was literally turned off. I mean, we saw our refinances go down to almost nothing. Right. And now over the last few months, uh, we've seen a huge surge in people requesting um, proposals for refinancing with the rates coming down to the levels that they're at right now. So it's really a great time to revisit it if you were on the fence last year and held off, now that rates are at their lows they've been for quite a while, it's a great time to look into it and see if it makes sense to do a refinance.
0: Well, and we're both big Dave Ramsey fans, and Dave, he's like 15 year fixed, try to get that, try to get that. Well, sometimes you've gotta go 30. Uh, it just—it is what it is. You're trying to get in this neighborhood for this school zone. You got to go 30. But if a couple years down the road, you can call and suggest that, they will love you. And plus, we're agents for life. Remember that: buy or die. They're gonna buy until they die. We're going to capture them, hold them, love them. They're part of our family. So normally, once you've made contact with my clients we determine what the monthly payment is what they desire what kind of down payment they're going to have all this information we got to know to put in the contract here in tennessee now you give them their max purchase price so that i know not to show them anything above that also not to set up their home search anything above that don't be that agent that goes yeah they're qualified for 400 and you're showing them 475 because they can't afford it. Uh, it doesn't that
1: up <laughs> Yesterday, I got a call from an agent and he wanted me to him a pre-approval for 395 for this client. And last month, I sent a pre-approval letter for 350 and that was, we were pushing it at that. And I called him back and I said, you can't make an offer for 395. I said, I maxed it out at 350. I sent you the pre-approval letter and I told you that. And the agent was so mad at me. <laughs> like it's your fault. This is my, I said, <laughs> "Why are you looking at properties at 395 when we clearly said at three fifty is the max?" Got the customer all excited. The customer was actually fine, but they were disappointed because right. they they were they were excited with the house, but the agent got mad at me because I said, "No, we can't do that." Right? That, that's that's reckless, and that's just not how. To
0: do business, yeah. So don't be that agent. Don't, don't be, be that. Reckless. Don't be that agent. There yeah. is a difference between three fifty and three ninety five in homes. That it wouldn't seem like it is, but there is a big difference sometimes between fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars in homes. So don't let them fall in love with something that they can't buy. So a really great thing that's exclusive with Churchill is Home Scout, and I love that because it now if you don't have a home search. App or home searching program because you're new in the business and you've not bought into other things or created that yourself. Then Churchill and they're in all 50 states, so do your research. Try to find a Churchill agent, but they have Home Scout, and that's signing them up. It's live, up to date, tied directly into the MLS, and they're not getting you know other uh, information that where the homes already closed from other websites that disappoints them and then they're mad at you and like give them the best churchill's got this uh so another reason why i like to use churchill is because that's up to date and i can track who's touched them last there's a little green dot like it's when it's green it's my turn to call you know that's such a cool thing to have with churchill so i'm just kind of giving a shout out i appreciate y'all having that program All right, so the Home Scout, that app is an added bonus that Churchill has, and it really makes us as realtors look good. I send them a link directly by text. They click on it. They log in. Then it connects me and Michael directly to them. So every time they open it, they're seeing both of our faces. Uh, That may be painful, but at least it keeps us together and tied together, and they utilize it. And then even after they close, guys, listen to this we can set up on a home sold alert to where when something sells in their neighborhood once a month they can open that they get a that's a 93 or 97% open rate every month after you've closed with them you touch them saying what's sold in their neighborhood and eventually they're like hey Kenny that that email you sent me saying these houses are selling for 400 do you think I could sell for 400 and I'm like you know it's very well possible. I've, I've been staying up on it. Let me dive a little deeper. I mean, that's a game changer in follow-up and long-term touches and keeping them uh, as clients forever. It really makes us look like rock stars because then you're going to get the sale and probably another buy if they're staying local. So don't miss that opportunity.
1: This app is critical for um, realtors because Zillow and Trulia, are they're… they're Intentions is not to provide 100% accurate data. Their intentions are to sell your client's information to other agents and other loan officers, or lead generation sites. Zillow is famous for only posting about 60 to 65% of the active listings. This gives you 100% live MLS, and allows your clients to um, get 100% access and create multiple searches and your agent is you as agent are involved the whole time so you can see like a glass ceiling looking down all their activity and make sure that you um, focus really on the top 20% most active so that you don't miss an opportunity if they're out there looking if they say I'm, looking, I'm not gonna buy for six months and all of a sudden they're saving 10 properties in their favorites This week, then obviously they're looking to buy a whole lot sooner than six months from now. So it's a way to. Follow up and not lose contact with these borrowers and stay on top of uh, their activity.
0: Not miss the opportunity because six months doesn't mean six months. It probably means three. So let's, you know, the dream world we've been talking about is they call you, they're pre-qualified, everything's great. They get you everything. We go buy a house and everybody makes money and it's great. But reality is there's people, there are people that aren't ready to buy because of different scenarios. So what do you do as a loan officer and what do you recommend agents like myself to do to help the client when buying today Isn't possible?
1: Well, a couple things. Um, I want to touch on credit score, credit repair. We do a tremendous amount of credit repair at Churchill Mortgage, and it's not our primary job, but sometimes it feels like it is. <laughs> We're not going to turn away someone because they don't qualify today. We have really aggressive credit repair tools. Uh, we have a rapid resquare program that allows them to make certain changes and get a new report within days versus months. And I can, can tell you how many loans we have saved for our realtor partners by going through that system and helping a client fix a couple of trade lines and get a rescore done. And within a week or so we have a brand new report where two other lenders prior had turned them down because they don't want to waste your time with credit repair and it's expensive. But right. we, we, we cover the cost for the credit repair and we do a lot of work and nothing's more satisfying than finding a client who's been declined by XYZ lenders. They come to you, you take the time, you counsel them, tell them how to fix your credit, go through the rescore process. And also you call the agent and say, hey, we're ready to go. They're going to qualify. Get them under contract. It's the best feeling ever. They'll love you for it, it, life. It's the best feeling ever. now <laughs> will refer everybody and their brother to you. But it's not just the the right buy. It's the right thing to do, period.
0: Absolutely. And sometimes it's a little bit of a tweak to get a better rate. So if you can bump your credit score by 20 or 30 points, which you guys can do sometimes with just, hey, pay this down to half you know, 50%, pay this one down and then close these three that you've not touched in five years or three years. You do that and it's going to bump you up to this and it only takes two weeks. Man, I would rather wait two weeks and then you can repull the credit score, lock them in, and it gives them a better rate over the next 30 years. So that's something you don't have to do that, but you still do it. And again, that is critical. Now, for the most part, how long do you prefer we put in the contract for the number of days to close. So I know different types of loans are different. Uh, so try to speak in generalities here, but sure. assuming somebody's never written a contract, well, how long does it take to get them from uh, under contract to close in your world, best case?
1: Well, my world versus other banks could be quite different. And I'm saying it for one reason. So, Churchill Mortgage, uh, being a private company, we have our own underwriters in house. We can turn a conventional or FHA loan, VA. Almost any loan program in three to four weeks. Um, Jumbo loans were 30 days or less on those. The only loan program you have to be careful with is USDA Rural Development because it's a two-part underwrite. We'll underwrite the file once it's approved. We have to send it to USDA. They do a second underwrite of the file, and depending on their um, the volume, they could be anywhere from two days to a week turn time before they approve the file. So like I say on USDA loans, it's probably Preferred to do a 45 day out on those, right? Um, but any other any other loan program we offer, 30 days or less, no problem at all.
0: Okay, so he said three to four weeks, 21 to 30 days. That should be able to nail it down. That also makes you good instead of not bumping it out to 45. And remember, we get paid in three to four weeks if we can get it closed in three to four weeks.
1: Now, an exception to that, if you if, can you call and say Michael the only way I'm gonna win this bid is if I close by this date and it's two to three weeks out, I'm gonna say yes. And we're gonna prioritize that file and we're gonna make it happen. And we're not gonna let you lose a deal because...
0: We're competing uh, and we, can't, because
1: yeah. I'm not i am not going to say, I'm sorry, I can't do that. You know, there's 10 files ahead of it. I'm going to say yes we will do it my team will prioritize it and we will make it sure it closes on time so you michael
0: Brown likes to win my friends yeah, and i love it hungry, he's like hungry. i'm not losing
1: so <laughs> I'm make sure hungry. so and that's the nice thing about a private company like ours versus you go to one of the larger big banks and you have the originator in Nashville and processing in Maryland and an underwriting in California. Well, that's just an example. You got a, you have a no,
0: cubicle that has no vested interest in getting this done.
1: And, and even if they wanted to, they have no control right. because it's this big corporate bank. So that's the nice thing about a smaller private company versus the big banks. We have more flexibility to prioritize to make sure we hit those quick turn times for you.
0: Right. So, another side note try to avoid closing on Friday. You've got the ability. You're writing it right then. So what I like to do is Wednesdays and Thursdays are my favorite days to close. I also try to do it the week before the end of the month because then I get all the attention before everybody else is cramming in at the end of the month. So if I could do it the week before, people are like, oh, I'll do it the last day of the month because blank, But It's pennies difference. And a lot of times my people leave happier and quicker than those who waited to 20 closings on the last day, the 31st of the month, and everybody's busy and and stressed, and your file, the ball got dropped, or something like that. That which doesn't happen with Churchill, but the the odds of it happening increases if you wait to the last day. And then if something does go wrong, you got to wait till Monday to fund it. And people, you can't give possession of a house until it's signed and funded. So don't be that agent either. So if you'll just very simply. Back it up a week, close on a Thursday or Wednesday or Thursday. You're going to look like a rock star if it goes wrong. And you can even tell them, hey, if we'd have waited to the last day, you wouldn't be in this tomorrow because we'd have had to wait. So, all right, let's say you got a house on a con. you You found a house. I'm writing an offer. Normally, I'll call you and ask you for approval. Pre approval letter specific to that property. It looks stronger. It looks good. I try not to do that on the weekends, but if it's during the week, I'm like, hey, give me to it on this address. I've even asked you to call the listing agent directly sometimes and talk about the strength of my buyer and where they are in the verification process. Most loan officers, I don't know, do that, but you're like, hey, man, give me the listing agent's number. I'll call them and tell them all about this and their strength in that.
1: And in, in, in regards to the listing agents, my, when if I was in the processing, My team is required to contact you, the buyer and the listing agent, no less than one time, sometimes twice a week throughout the entire process. So I tell my team, if anyone ever calls in and says, Hey, where are we at on this deal? Or is the appraisal been ordered, et cetera, that's a problem.
0: Yeah, somebody's I, dropped the ball because they shouldn't be calling oh, you. My, my, my hair's <laughs> on fire. I don't
1: want to hear that. Uh, and we, we rarely ever do because we have a process in place. We communicate with all parties, so we're all on the same page, and we avoid those call-ins, and they love it because they don't have to worry. They always know exactly
0: what's going on with the file. Mm-hmm. Well, one of his uh, one of his people is Maggie, and Maggie will send an email, and I'm like, I see Maggie, I'm like, bam, 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 and I respond back as quick as possible. Maggie will stop what she's doing and call me and go, hey, Thanks for being so quick because that gets her job done faster and makes them do their job. So just your role. They're not asking for something if they don't really need it. So once we win that home and we get on a contract, I get that contract to you immediately or Margaret does, my assistant. Now, while I'm working through our 10-day inspection process, normally once I've seen that the inspection report's good and I'm confident that we're going to be able to move forward with the purchase, I usually call you and tell you to order the appraisal or send you an email. Now, our contracts require certain things to be done in three days and in 14 days and different states require different things. So, know your time frames but if you can speed your side up for the lender it makes their job easier and they can move faster and this can go smoother so i know every state is different but in general what are some of the things you're doing while i'm fighting through the inspection process just 500 foot view
1: well we immediately get the contract in and we um, get all the required disclosures signed up front and we turn the file over to processing. We order verifications of employment or internal audits, uh, title work, tax transcripts, a whole laundry list of things that need to be ordered up. We can do all that while we're waiting for the inspection results. We don't have the appraisal done typically until Kenny will give me the green light and says, hey, inspection's back, a couple things popped up, but overall it looks fine. Then we move full steam ahead with the appraisal. And um, at that point, we're already knee deep into the loan processing of the file. It More than likely, has already been reviewed by my underwriter. um, (laughs) Because we get it it, it in quickly to to her. And at that point, we're just starting to clear the the conditions and waiting for the appraisal to come back. Um, That's typically how the process works.
0: So wrapping this up strong, what are some of the activities that you see successful agents doing with their loan officers that's working here locally, even across the country, because you travel around and you also hear about what's happening in Churchill across the country. Now, because you, Churchill and, and DeSalms are endorsed, endorsed local providers with Dave Ramsey, you know you guys are the exclusive loan officer that he recommends, Dave Ramsey recommends, and we were his very first, very first real estate endorsed local provider and recommended for 20 years exclusively as well. Now, you and I do regular lunch and learns at Dave's office. We come in, we buy lunch. You talk for 20 minutes about the the loan process, I talked for about 20 minutes about the buying process with Ramsey employees. And then we leave 10 minutes for a question. This is proven to be killer for us. I think the first one, we had like 18 transactions in the first Lunch and Learn. It was amazing and we've like loved it ever since. But it's a win for them and it's also a win for us. So our, what else are you seeing that people are doing that is working for agents and LOs in a relationship that some of our listeners can go, hey, that's a great idea. We should be able to do that.
1: Um, well, I think the Lunch and Learns um, partnering with each other is critical. We've done several. They've been hugely successful. Uh, it's not only fun. I love doing them with you, and yes. you're always a rock star there on stage. Um, but the, the content we provide and the value we're giving to these, to these um, people who are there Uh, Is tremendous, and they they learn a ton. They they leave with a lot of information, makes them feel a whole lot better about the loan process. And I I don't think I've ever done a workshop, whether it's three people or fifty people, where we have not closed something, some sort of business. So you're going to get business no matter what. It's an hour or two out of your day. Um,
0: Well, critical there is follow up again because not all of them may be ready, but also.
1: Um, Nothing to interrupt you. I remember a time when we did a workshop. This is a rookie mistake on our part. So we went through a whole workshop and we left and we forgot to have them fill out their, their, their cards or any <laughs> sign in. And then we we're like, "Well, did you get the information? No, did you get any information?" <laughs> so basically, we had a room full of people. Everybody left, and we had no contact information Zero at all. And I said, "Did that just really happen?"
0: <laughs> so <laughs> there's two hours of my life I will never get. So back. We,
1: we did get callbacks, but that was the ultimate rookie mistake. Yes. Right
0: there. All right, don't do that one. Learn from other mistakes. Learn from us on that one. But I want to remind them, let's share those costs. Don't just pour that on your uh, LO. Now, if you're sending your LO 30 deals a month and he says, hey, yeah, I'll take care of lunch this time. You get it next time. That's fine, but do not overexpect, Guys, don't be that agent. When you partner together, let's win together. Everybody's making money. But like buyer seminars, you talk about three people. It's still sometimes worth it. We've had them where, like one person showed up, it's a little awkward, but you just go through it because they took time, they showed up, make it worth their time, whether it be one, same energy, ask 50. Bring it every time. It's good practice no matter what. I agree. I agree. Community events, we have festivals here. You're always hosting a booth. You're bringing cotton candy machines, popcorn machines. Your whole team shows up. We have 600 of our clients come. and uh, I don't like calling them past clients anymore. I want to call them just uh, lifelong clients. Our community shows up and we enjoy that together. But join in the marketing together, the farming. Anything else that you can think of that really well, one thing
1: that we are both involved in, I see on our list here, is BNI, and that's a business networking group. It's all well; it's worldwide, and most of you are familiar with that. And even if there's not a chapter with an opening for the real estate seats, it's not that difficult to start a chapter. Remember, um, Kenny is involved in a newer chapter. Yep. Um My chapter is about two years old, and it's a great networking uh, once a week. And I've closed quite a bit of business from my BNI group and I would encourage you, it's a lot of work, but it's a a great opportunity to network with other professionals. So any networking like that you could get involved in, I would encourage you to get out there and get in front of people, um, the local um,
0: Chamber of Commerce, Chamber of Commerce, or uh,
1: any other real estate uh, boards are out there. There's always events going on. Just get yourself out there, mingle, get to know people, learn. I'm not about reinventing the wheel. It's already been done. I like to meet with other professionals in my role and see what they're doing and plug in certain things in my practice to help me build my business. Uh, and there's a lot of great real estate folks out there like Kenny. Uh, use them. Use their experience. Um, we've made all the mistakes, so learn from us. And just uh, don't try to be an island. On, on yourself out there. Right. There's a lot of people out there willing to help and take advantage of that.
0: Well, and everybody can win. The B&I thing is the two hottest seats in B and I is the realtor and the loan officer. Those are the two smoking hot seats. So if you can't break into one, create your own. They want your business. So last but not least, if you could say anything to a listener who's thinking of transitioning into real estate or a newer agent on the radio uh, on the road to their first fifty transactions, what would that be?
1: You know, I'm gonna um, talk about a personal thing. My son is 21. Just started his. Professional career commissions, not real estate, but it's comparable type field. And I was talking to him last night and I said, I said, Colin, I said, he gets a little frustrated because he wants instant success. Sure. And that's normal for all of us, and especially folks getting into the real estate business, it can be very frustrating. And you may have this client and you're in your mind, oh, I've banked it already and it's going to close and I've already earned this much commission. And then all of a sudden it falls out and you get deflated. And I said, I said, just keep doing. Chopping wood every day, as our our, our own Churchill says, you keep chopping wood, doing the daily activities every single day, regardless of the outcome, and do right by people, and don't consider it a, a, a money transaction. You know, take care of people, and the money w- will come. And if you do right by people, and you keep doing the right daily activity every single day, consistency is the difference between me and the, the lobster next door. I don't. I'm not a great speaker. I'm, I don't do anything extraordinary but i do consistent activity every single day and that's what keeps my volume in production where it is so keep your head down keep doing the right thing do right by people um, put yourself out there you know do something that scares you if you this podcast is my, is fir- first, is my podcast. first podcast ever <laughs> yeah, my nervous i'm a little nervous uh, i never done it before but you know what just challenge yourself put yourself out there and, um, and if you keep doing the activity every single day, then it will come. Keep it, chopping that wood, yeah, don't fuel get this, the fire. Don't get discouraged, just keep putting your head down and, and learn from other professionals who have already been there, done that, and you'll look back and say, that was scary, but look at me now. I'm, I'm killing it. The other
0: side of almost. Absolutely. Be joking in 30 years about I almost got into real estate. That's right. I almost, and, and you're, you actually did it, and 30 years later, you won, and you, you won, and you won, and it was great. It was hard, but it was worth it. So, Michael, thank you for your friendship, number one. Thank you for pouring into me from my rookie years all the way through today and being my Guest here on this podcast, thank you for your example and how you love your wife big. On how you're a to, you're a father and you're all in with your children. Your example and humility and uh, encourages me to be the man that God calls me to be as well. Thank you for pouring into our company here at Desalms Real Estate and for showering my wife with affirmations and encouragements. You're so your voice and your words are big in her ears. You're much more than just a friend and a loan officer. We truly believe that you are family and I am grateful for what you do, brother. And, th- and thank you for being here and pouring into our listeners as thank well. Thank
1: you for the kind words. I feel exactly the same. I love you guys and we have a great relationship and excited about what the future holds. And I tell people all the time I just I feel super blessed to be in this business working with folks like you and helping serve other people and helping them accomplish your financial goals and
0: just blessed to be able to, uh, to do this. Yes, I agree. All right, my friends, that is it for today. Special thanks to the amazing Scott Parker, our producer extraordinaire. This would not be possible without his amazing skills. Rookie Real Estate is powered by DeSalms Real Estate in Franklin, Tennessee. I'm your host, Kenny Stevens. And until next time, better your best.